¡Órale! ¡Sí, señor! Oh, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP Podcast. I'm Jorge Georgi Martín and joining me is cousin Hector Reyes. What's Primo, up, guys? I'm playing, I'm playing a dual role. My birthday is June 19th. I'm a Gemini, so I'm playing the role of me and, uh, and the role of Ricky uh, at the same time. So I'm going to be both of... I'm going to be both of us today, so <laughs> that's yeah. my role. Ricky's enjoying a little time away, so, uh, you know, obviously a little time away from the hospital, so good for him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's relaxing in Denver. He posted up today. He's uh, He was at a brewery uh, with his uh, with his brother, uh, cousin Andy. They're hanging out in Denver. He, there's a lot of breweries in Denver, which one of these days I'll get out there. The Great American Beer Festival happens there every year, I think in October. Uh, it's like it's on my bucket list. I would love to get out there. Obviously, this year there's probably going to be some uh, some uh, some changes to the Great American Beer Festival. <laughs> but we, one of these years, when things get back to normal, I it's on my bucket list. Great American Beer Festival. You get out there, and there's like a hundred or two hundred breweries, and uh, it's just like it's crazy. So one day, but yeah, that's where Rick was today. At, uh, they're hanging out, drinking beer. So cheers to you, Rick, wherever you're at, Denver, and to you, Andy. Cheers, Andy. Take yeah. care. Take yeah. care. And, and uh, yeah, Hector, changes you think? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. I, uh, we'll, we'll have to, I mean, I'm, I'm just concerned for the NFL season. Jesus. I mean, I mean, now uh, Adam Silver over here in the NBA is talking about, like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to play now. And just, like, man. So, I mean, I'm just fingers tightly crossed that that doesn't spill over to NFL. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's looking crazy. I mean, there's, you know, over here in California, Gavin Newsom just – just uh, announced, you know, bars are closing, restaurants are closing, that kind of stuff, pick up only. It's kind of we're going backwards. You know, we took we took five steps forward and we took 10 steps backward, it seems like. So, uh, yes. so everybody, everybody wash your hands and wear a mask. That's yeah, man. That's all please, we're asking. Please. please. We were, you know, we want to watch football. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wear a mask and we can watch football, even if we're going to yeah. watch it at home. But. Yeah, man. Oh, man. So, uh, gracias otra vez, everybody, for joining us. Es un placer y estamos aquí a servirlos. Uh, check out our website at familiaffb.com, as well as our social media channels at familiaffb on Twitter and Instagram, as well as our Familia FFB Facebook page. So, you know, we we're talking a little bit about the holiday weekend, uh, and that's that's part of the closures. But, you know, one of the things that that, uh, that it got me thinking was just memories of uh, – uh, the 4th of July when we were kids. Pacoima, 4th of July. Or oh, those, those were epic times. Those were epic times. When it was still okay to fire off fireworks in the streets, right? Oh, yes, yes. When we were able to do our own fireworks shows instead of having to go to somebody else's, we did, yes. them, in our, we did them in our front driveways. And, That's right. Oh, that middle was middle just, of the street, you know, cars coming, move it out of the way. <laughs> so, the, but, yeah, it would be... It would be the, the classic, the familia get together on, at Abuelito and Abuelita's house on Carl Street over there. And then we would, uh, obviously, we'd, I, we my family, we live next door. You guys were only a couple miles away. And yeah, uh, yeah. everybody congregated at Abuelito and Abuelita's house. And then, oh, man. I mean, but before that, there was always the preparation, the lead them. I mean, I, I know Fourth I know of July was one of my favorite holidays, probably yeah. my, right up there with Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, and basically it's Christmas in July. I know people talk about yep. you know, you know, Christmas, you know, Christmas, Christmas, which is in December, and then that the, the, there's a term that is kind of thrown out there, Christmas in July. And if you're you know a kid back in those days, I, I remember just I couldn't wait for two holidays of the year, just like you said, I couldn't wait for Christmas, and I couldn't wait for Fourth of July because that meant 
we're going to San Fernando and, and the, the Red Devil fireworks stands were all oh, over the yes. place and the, the Freedom fireworks. And, you know, you'd buy, you know, you'd go with mom and dad and, you know, hopefully, you know, and, and I think I think you mentioned we were talking about uh, like smashing cans. Was that, what, is that what you used to yep. smash cans and save money? <laughs> yep. We'd save up the, for a couple months. We'd always, we'd smash up the aluminum cans. Yep. And, and I still don't know why. My, my mom tried to convince me that the that the cans were heavier when they were when, when, when they, they were, were crushed. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I want to tell her now. Physics, mom? No. A pound of, a pound of feathers or a pound of bricks? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's heavier? But yeah, save up all the money, and then all of a sudden, there, you know, then the, you know, late June, then the the fireworks stands, the Red yes. Devil and the Freedom fireworks oh. stands. Oh, that was yes. just. Oh, that was yes. just. Uh, and there was always like you'd get there, and then there was like little 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 flyer, like a little newspaper yes. flyer. You you know, you first thing you do, you and your kid, you go grab it. You're like flipping through it. And just looking at it, and there was like, you know, you can get the, the the sparklers, a pack of sparklers, and you know, there was the silver ones and the gold ones, and then the snakes, which just smelled terrible, but it was the coolest thing. You sat on the curb <laughs> and lit the snakes. You couldn't use a punk because you didn't, that didn't work. You had to use a lighter. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's another thing. How the uh, we grew up in an era, you know, early, you know, you know, late seventies, early eighties. When our parents were like just handing out cigarette lighters, like, hey, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like six years old, five years old. I'm like, mom, I, you know, I need a cigarette lighter. Oh, I go ask your Theo. He'll give you one. Hey, Theo, I, you know, I need a cigarette lighter. Like, oh, yeah, here you go. Like, give, make sure you give it back to me. So we're, we're sitting there, you know, five, six years old, lighting stuff on fire, you know, and like, no problem. Kids are lighting stuff on fire left and right. Mom and dad are just like, oh, this is so cute. Like, crazy. So we're, yeah, we're lighting everything on fire. And, we buy the flowers, the ones that you know spun around and changed colors, and you know the cone ones, and you know everything came in a box, you know, and it was like oh. you, had, you had the levels of like you know your income level determined on you know what which pack you got, you know, you had, you had the basic kind of like you know the picture package, you know, one yep. eight by ten and one five by seven, or like the mega package, like the kid that had a lot of money went like the mother load pack that had like fifty of everything in it, and it was just like a case of like a suitcase full of stuff. Oh man, like that's the one that you always wanted when you were a kid, but you could never get it. But man, we dreamt really had, about it. Yes, you dreamt that, about that, it. That, I think it was called the motherload. I don't know why I remember that. Like the motherload, it was like this, it just this gigantic box, and it just had everything in it. And yes, you, you, it was like the Red Rider from you know Christmas Story. You wanted that forever. Like probably didn't get it because it was like eighty dollars back in like at the end of the seventies. Like big, it's like five hundred bucks today probably. But yes, though, oh, su such fun, such fun times, lighting stuff up and blowing stuff up. Good, good times for sure. Well, in writing an uh, intro that I'm going to turn into a blog post for this, uh, I, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and I just put into Google, you know, Red Devil Fireworks, 1970s. Mm -hmm. I found so many old school photos on there. I'm going to put some on the Twitter and on the, also on the uh, on, on the Familia FFB uh, yeah. blog. It, it was just it was epic. And, and then you take it home and it was just like it, it, it was like. It, it, you just couldn't you couldn't describe the anticipation the excitement and everything in it and i still remember putting my fireworks under my bed at the end of the day i'm sitting there i'm like right what were my parents thinking yes yes and, and the one thing to remember fireworks when we were children introduced us to the black market oh this is the first yes. time this is the first time that we got to play with firecrackers. Now, now understand, firecrackers have always been illegal in this country. And you, always you will be. <laughs> and always, yes. So, um, 
yes, you, even though you have the Red Devil, you have the, the, the firework stands that sell the sparklers and all that stuff, firecrackers and M80s are not, they, those were not for sale. If you wanted to get those, you had to go to the underground. Usually you had a deal that, you know, somehow had a connection at his work, and we had that guy. Our Theo Chabab worked at General Motors, and we would get bricks, and, you know, the, the word would come through, you know, through the grapevine, and my mom and dad would be like, hey, Theo Chaba has, you know, firecrackers. Like, oh, man, we got to go. So we'd go, like, how many, Fire. how, many, how, many you guys, how many you guys want? How many you need? <laughs> you know, it's like, see, you know, what's, what's the secret password? And we'd get firecrackers and blow stuff up, and if you were a kid in the, in the 70s, early 80s, you blew stuff up, you went through the toy box, you got your model cars, and you got your Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, and you blew those dudes to hell. <laughs> I remember we had a rubber rubber gorilla that, that had a big mouth, so we stuck a firecracker <laughs> into, the, into the gorilla's mouth, and the thing was, it didn't do anything to the gorilla, it just blew out his teeth. That's all yeah, it did. Yeah, Set it yeah. on fire or anything, I was like, damn, yeah. what was this thing made out of? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> we, I mean, that was, I mean, yeah, we, we were we were a bunch of pyros and we were kids. We just blow oh. stuff up and light stuff on fire. And and then they outlawed, what'd you say, like like 81, I think, that LA County passed a law or something? Yeah, somewhere in the early 80s. Somewhere in the early 80s. But I I, I just, I mean, it would be so awesome. I, I still remember one of my favorite moments in firecracker history was, uh, <laughs> my own firecracker history was, yeah. uh, I hollowed out an egg just on the end. I filled it up with confetti, taped, a, taped some uh, uh, a piece of paper on the end, and then I poked a hole into it just big enough for a firecracker to fit at the end. Yep. And then it was toward the end of the night. I was holding on to it. It was just like, okay, this is going to be my finale uh, before the Red Devil firework finale. And all of a sudden, I grabbed that little that little confetti egg and lit it, lit the the firecracker, waited, 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 threw it at the last possible instant. Oh, it was probably about 20, 25 feet in the air. Nice. And it was just, it was majestic. It was, <laughs> it was falling. Uh, in it your was mind, it was the greatest thing you've it, ever seen. And, people, and you know, your uncle around is like, oh, that's cool. That, that, that's all right. That's all right. It's, <laughs> I, I remember it like it was yesterday, and I that's still remember awesome. I still remember my mom afterwards saying, all right, you got to clean up. But, you know, the morning after cleanup, everything smelled like smoke still, but it was worth it. That's it sulfur. Was that so smell of it. sulfur just lingering in the air. Just That was it. And, and burnt cardboard, like sulfur and burnt cardboard is like that lingered for like a day or two, like uh, on the street. Yeah, right there, right off of Carl Street, Laurel Canyon, right there at Pacoima. That oh. was an annual thing. That was ah, so much fun. That was perfection. That it's, was perfection. Well, you know, we hope everybody has, uh, to, to coin the phrase from Red Devil, safe and sane. Insane. Uh, 4th of July, 4 de Julio. Uh, everybody just be safe. Watch fireworks on TV or just, you know, just have a barbecue at home and, and enjoy yourselves. Uh, you know, enjoy enjoy being with family. Yes, sir. Uh, but now, you know, let's uh, let's get into some cheese, man. Cheese, boys. Hey. Some cheese. Let's go. Great some cheese. Let's go. So, uh, you know, there was an NFL.com report that uh, Cam Newton and Mohamed Sanu were uh, already working out together at UCLA, just uh, not far from us. Ah, exactly. That, you know, hey, you know, maybe there weren't OTAs, uh, but it just so happened to work out. Maybe Sanu did a little bit of a recruiting pitch on the way, but that's got to be that's that's got to feel good for Patriot fans and also fantasy owners who are looking at uh, at, at drafting drafting Cam Newton to uh, think, hey, you know, he's already getting a connection with one of his top receivers. 
Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of Sanu. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to see what he can do on the on the Patriots this year, especially connecting with Cam Newton. I mean, back in Atlanta, he was kind of like, you know, he was always kind of there behind Julio Jones, um, you know, kind of like in the shadows. But, you know, every once in a while, Sanu had some breakout games and, and did some really good stuff. So I'm really looking forward to see what, what that looks like. I know Edelman is also there, obviously. You know, he's always going to be a threat. Uh, the guy's got super duper hands, but uh, yeah, I, I would. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And the fact that they're working out now and getting getting some good, uh, you know, you know, building some rapport and and uh, and a connection there. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, that that bodes well, you know, for Patriot fans. Like you said, I think uh, it's going to be very very interesting to watch. Um, I think I think Cam signing up with the with the Patriots. I think that definitely gives a boost to Sanu's uh, draft value, his stock value. So yeah, it's def- definitely something to keep an eye on. But very cool. Glad they're out there working out and. Uh, you know, getting some reps in. So very, very cool. Yeah, I think we're going to uh, definitely look at him. I mean, there's going to be some different articles that I'm going to write for the the website. One, I want to do a little bit of uh, what will the offense, what could the offense look like with Cam Newton? Mm-hmm. Um, probably closer to closer to training camp start. Uh, another one, you know, another one kind of a surprise. Uh, he's been a little injury prone in his career, but Evan Ingram coming off of list rank surgery back in December, he was running like a bad, bad man. He was looking yeah. like an hombre, un hombre. Right? No, yeah, I saw the video. There's a, there's a, there's a twit, there's a video up on Twitter when he's out there, uh, you know, getting some, getting some practice in there, you know, you know, doing some cuts and, uh, you know, running some routes and whatnot, and he looks good. And I gotta say, you know, Liz Frank surgery is no joke. Um, you know, that, you know, foot surgery. You know, that's uh, obviously if, if you're, if you're. A receiver, you're gonna make cuts. You're a tight end, especially you know a big body like him. You're putting weight on it. Um, so yeah, but he looked really good. I saw the video. He looks sharp. He looks he looks uh, crisp. He looks healthy. Uh, so yeah, it definitely looks like uh, he'd be ahead of schedule. I think he's. I think we're in what month seven ever since he had his surgery, and it's yep. generally what would you say generally like a twelve month uh, recovery for that? About a twelve month recovery, a lot of times. So which would be basically the end of the season if uh, right. because he had the surgery at the end you know toward the end of December so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know I'm tempering my enthusiasm for for him I, I I definitely like a lot of things about the New York Giants offense I'm I, you know I may be fading Evan Ingram though he, no as good as he looked today I'm just gonna keep an eye on him uh, right as we get right. closer as we get closer I mean I do yeah have a he's of... sitting at uh where is he at he's 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 currently te6 so yeah I mean, obviously, obviously at that at that range, people are kind of, uh, you know, they definitely definitely have high hopes for him for sure. Yeah. And I don't know if he jumps into the top five. I mean, yeah, you know, at that, toward the bottom, you know, obviously Kelsey and Kittle are in their own uh, stratosphere. But. Yes. Yes. They're, uh, they're 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 tier one. And like everybody else is like it's, it's almost like there's no tier two. Like they're in. They're in tier one, and like the next tier is like three. Yeah, <laughs> and it, that, and that's <laughs> yeah. they're so far above that. Like the next crew, even as good as Mark Andrews is, and as great as that offense is, it's just yeah, Kelsey and Kittle are just like they're just monsters. Yeah, Andrews, Ertz, Waller. I mean, they're those guys. I think I don't think I don't think Ingram. Pa- maybe he passes them if he has a healthy season, but uh, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I'm still not I'm still not putting him ahead of those guys. Let's yeah, uh, wait and see. Wait and see for sure. Yeah, I mean, the next one is, uh, you know, the NFL looks like it, it well, not looks like, Pro Football Talk has uh, has reported that the NFL has officially decided to cut down preseason to two games. Yay, yay, yes. yay, yay. <laughs> Thunderclap, let's go. Thank you. Thank you, whoever decided that, thank you. That's, yeah. uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I've never been a fan of preseason NFL. I mean, we've talked about it before. 
Uh, it's just, you know, fifth stringers going against ninth stringers to, you know, to fill out the last positions. You know, you're you may get a curtain call, kind of like a cameo appearance by, a you know, somebody who has any kind of fantasy value. Other than that, it's just uh, I, I've never, you know, I, I never really understood it. Maybe coach, you know, coaching practice, you know, for the head coaches to get all aligned and how to call plays and to get to get that kind of that side of the offense going. But as far as people paying money to watch NFL preseason games, it doesn't just make it, make, it makes no sense to me. And I'm really glad that they're cutting they're cutting games down. Yeah, I just I, I I love it. Less opportunity for the players to get hurt. Yeah, not that not that the stars are going to be playing at all, really. Uh, in in the the past few years, the the stars are just not playing. So you know what? There's not likely not going to be fans in the stands. Let's just get <laughs> right, the game. Exactly. Yeah, let, let's just get everybody through. Get everybody get everybody through training camp. Get them through healthy. And less opportunity for people to bump into each other and and possibly infect one another. Right. Hopefully, no. Hopefully, all for the sure. all the all the health protocols are going to be good. But seriously, you know, less opportunity for guys to get hurt because I still remember how many how many times it was. I don't know. It's probably about five six years ago when Jordy Nelson, you know, just on a cut in a preseason game, blew out yeah. his knee. Non-contact and, injury that it yeah. happens. Non-contact and it, was, it happens. And it was after people had started drafting. You know. Yes. Oh, uh, it, it just no. I remember no. that. I, I do remember that. Ah, that's that's why we draft the day before Labor Day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the la- the, as 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 uh, you know, as much as people complain about it, like, oh man, it's inconvenient. You know, it's Labor Day weekend, and we got plans and this and that. It's like, you know, if if you're if you're invested in fantasy, you, the longer you wait to draft, the better. Because man, oh, yeah. you, you hear the, these stories happen. Like you said, they happen all the time where the guys get drafted and. You know, waste. You know, use a high pick, and then, like you said, a guy goes out like Jordy that year and does a cut and blows his blows his knee out. So, yeah, for sure, wait as long as you can, for sure. Yeah, if I uh, truth be told, if I if I could get the familia to com- convince them to draft the night before the season starts, that <laughs> that would just be fantastic. Right, right, yeah. like like make midnight madness at Duke, you know, something <laughs> like that, you know. Hi, <laughs> mijo. Hi, mijo. Uh, well. The last three shows have been uh, pretty much our year two series, the looking at players and their breakout potential in going into their second year. Uh, obviously, it was really exhaustive. The the wide receivers, especially going through 14 players in one episode was uh, definitely, definitely taxing. But for this episode, we're kind of cheating a little. We're going year two and year three tight ends because a lot of times tight ends – they they'll take that third you know up to that third year because that that position is so complex obviously you're you're working in some blocking into the whole receiving thing so a lot of times these guys when they get into that third year that's when they break out obviously there's Kittle and Kelsey who mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. emerged in their second years and and Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard kind of broke into the top 10 at the position last year but a lot of times there are guys that it's that third year I looked and guys who were in the top 10 last year zach Ertz, austin hooper jared cook hunter henry all of them didn't really arrive until their third year so um so that's why we're going to mix it up a little bit we're going to start with the 2019 draftees we got a uh, group of guys there and then uh we're going to start off with the, the very first guy he was picked number eight overall round one tj hawkinson right and 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 you, you just you just said it he was picked number eight overall round one 
that's that's I mean that's a that's a big deal. You're picking yeah. a tight end. The num the, the you know you know you were were you know, a lot of teams are taking you know uh, offensive linemen and you know defensive linemen and you know protecting the quarterback or attacking the quarterback. That's where you know you know you really want to beef up your 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 team. And the Detroit Lions t- with their eighth pick, the first round, their 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 top pick overall in the entire draft. T.J. Hawkinson, you, you know, he came out of Iowa, and yeah, he, he didn't disappoint. His very first game, he played six catches, 131 yards, one touchdown. Obviously, you know, no one really knew who he was. Obviously, he he didn't have, he was a rookie tight end, so he, he didn't go very, you know, he wasn't very highly drafted last year. Obviously, after that, boom, everyone's on the waiver wire picking up T.J. Hawkinson. Oh my God, Stafford's gonna go crazy. Like, this guy's awesome. Oh my God, 131 and a touchdown. After that, kind of fell flat. Um, you know, he battled some injuries and effectiveness, but the guy's 6'5", 247. He's a big dude. You know, obviously this year he's coming in healthy. The concerns there, he, he's got, you know, Kenny G, the jazz man, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Um, but yeah, you know, um, Matt Stafford is healthy. And then you also had uh, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel uh, speak yep. very highly. I was, I was looking online. He's, he's speaking very highly of TJ Hawkinson. Says he's a confident dude. He's, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he knows what's up. He knows he knows the offense. He's he, he's ready. To, he's ready to break out. So you know he's currently going uh, te fifteen. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, I think Stafford's going to go bananas this year. He, you know he he took a lot of time off with his injury last year. I think now he's healthy. So yeah, I think T.J. Hawkins could be one guy to definitely keep an eye on. He's going eleventh round now, uh, number one hundred twenty nine pick overall. So. Um, obviously a lot of big names ahead of him being picked, but, um, you know, I obviously, uh, at TE 15, he may be a second tight end. I, I think during the year, we're going to see him kind of move up the ladder, move up the ladder. And, and I, I think at the end of the year, I, I don't, I would not be surprised if he ends up within the top 10 TE top 10 for sure. What do you think? Yeah. You know what? I, I was one of the people who kind of uh, went for the bait in that yeah. first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I was the one who used my waiver wire claim on to him, get him. <laughs> instead of Terry McLaurin. So, uh, yeah, it was. I, I'm still kicking myself for that one. <laughs> obviously, I, the guy's a specimen. I mean, he had everybody thinking he was Gronk 2.0 after that right. first. game. I so, remember that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I. I think he's there's a lot of mouths to feed ahead of him. We're going to use that a lot. Uh, we do use that a lot. Kenny G and Marvin Jones obviously are going to be two guys that need to get need to get their their targets way ahead of uh, TJ Hawkinson. Right. I think he'll be a guy that will be someone who helps you on waiver wire, maybe on best ball, maybe he has those those breakout games that mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that help you that way. Maybe you're your second tight end in a best ball format. Hey, matchups, you know, d- against defenses yeah. that maybe give up a lot of TEs to tight ends, maybe got to yeah. keep an eye on there. Yeah, you know what the uh, the I, I think it was definitely uh, Minnesota did not have a very good uh, secondary last year, so Hawkinson could go off uh, against them. The Bears took a step backward defensively. The Packers were good against receivers. The, you know they were they were good they were really good against receivers, pretty decent against tight ends. But the thing, right. the thing with Hawkinson, he doesn't have any competition. The next guy, uh, Noah Fant. Uh, he was first round guy 
Number 20 overall, 12 picks after Hawkinson. These guys were teammates at Iowa. So I mean, <laughs> geez, talk about 12 personnel that they're going to be running, uh, that they were running th- at the Hawkeyes. But um, he's the guy who he's the guy who's getting comparisons to George Kittle, starting with Matthew Berry a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but, I remember we talked about that. Yeah, he was because they, they both went to the same college. They're built kind of the same. They're, yep. you know, they had similar similar stats, similar numbers. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, you know, Kittle going for 88 receptions, 1,377 yards in his second year. I'm not really expecting that from Fan. I hope he takes a step forward. Uh, the thing there, there's a lot of people who really like the Broncos. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on them just because I, I don't know how good Drew Locke is going to be this year. But uh, but Fant, if if he does take a step forward, I think I, I don't think it'll be to those levels because the big difference between him and Kittle from that year is the fact that Kittle really was that didn't have a lot of competition from the wide receiver group for receptions. Whereas, you know, in, in Denver, you've got a Cortland Sutton, who's a true pro bowl, number one receiver. And then you've got Jerry Judy that they used. And so, I mean, they, they use draft capital on their wide receivers. So I think there's several people who are going to be getting receptions ahead of him. So that's the reason why I'm not really, uh, I, he's a guy I wouldn't mind grabbing either at the tail end of the draft. If I'm punting tight end and just taking a chance on him or maybe, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, streaming him after a week, after a week or two. Yeah, I mean, one thing we have to remember is that John Elway, I mean, you can compare John Elway to, like, Michael Jordan. You know, for, yeah. you know, awesome on the field, awesome on the court. Man, these guys just did amazing things. Front office, caca. You know, I mean, you know, well, he did, he did sign Peyton Manning to get him a Super Bowl. Oh, so well, that's the one thing that's the one that's out there. But, that's but, Peyton, but that's Peyton outside of that, I mean, what are the, what are the, yes, once Peyton Manning left, what, you know, let's, let's go through the quarterbacks that Denver has had. And it's just like, oh my God, it's just like, like who, like, you know, yeah. you know the one year, you know, half, half a season. It's just, uh, I don't put too much too much trust into John Elway, too much stock into his GM skills and, 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 uh, you know, you know, taking players. But, uh, from what I saw of Drew Locke last year, I, I, you know, I like Drew Locke, you know, so we will see, but to your point, um, you know, Kittle, you know, if you're comparing the two Kittle, uh, didn't have too much competition. There was, there was a couple of times last year where the receiving core was very thin at San Francisco. So he's put up big numbers when he's been almost like the number one guy or, you know, one, you know, one B, you know, over there, uh, you know, even to Debo Samuel. Uh, yep. But so, yeah, no offense. Like you said, a lot of mouths to feed, you know, as we've said uh, over there in Denver. Uh, we'll see what Drew Locke does. Uh, you know, he's he hasn't played a full season yet in the NFL, right? He didn't play the full season last year, right? He no, he only played came... five, five last five games. Exactly. He, was, exactly. he was hurt for the first half of the season. Yep. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, coming out of Iowa, there, there, there are some comparisons to be made with Kittle. So we'll have to wait and see. But like you said, it's. You know, maybe a guy that you pick up later or maybe a waiver wire dude later on. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, I, you know, from what I've seen so far, I've no offense. I like the guy. He looks great. He looks great. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is I was kind of looking at the the measurements on all these guys. They're all like 6'4", 6'5", 2'6", and 200. <laughs> 250 pounds. They're <laughs> like 245 funny. to 250 yes. pounds. It's like it's like you you've just got terminators, you know, all over yeah. the place. And yeah, that, I was kind of, I was I was doing the same thing. I was looking at uh you know the the the, the build of these dudes and yeah I mean I mean I mean but yeah but yeah if you have a kind of an oversized wide receiver that you kind of end up 
kind of being that tight end. You know, you, that, that's kind of like yep. where you kind of just evolve because you can block so and you can catch and you can run. So, but yeah, in, in that regards, next on the list is our is our is our next tight end, Irv Smith, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, last year's draft, he went in second round, number fifty pick overall. Uh, currently, he's going uh, TE twenty four, way way down the list, and um, you know he's he's over there in Minnesota. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins has a you know again common theme. He got a lot of mouths to feed. He's got Kyle Rudolph over there. Um, he's got he's got Justin Jefferson. He's got he's got some uh, he's got some competition over there. Adam Thielen. Don't forget Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Dalvin Cooks there too, catching balls out of the out of the backfield. Yes, he went to Alabama. Yes, you know, as you know, Alabama is that is that school where all the all the awesome players come out of them and Clemson, and you know, you have all those great colleges where the the, the top dudes always come out of. But you'll know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, obviously, if he's going right now, he's 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 currently being drafted in the 16th round. Um, we'll have to wait. Uh, in our league, as as we've talked about before, tight end is not required. You know, it's a flex position. Right. You can you may or may not decide to go with a tight end. Uh, obviously in other leagues, tight ends are, uh, necessary. You know, you, you're, you're, you you have to have a tight end on your spot, on your roster. So Irv Smith, possibly a second, you know, a second tight end to stash. If, if, if you're, you know, you know, bye weeks for your tight end, um, you know, Kirk Cousins runs a good offense over there, over there in Minnesota there, he slings the ball around, you know, so his, his receivers are going to catch some balls. They're, they're definitely going to put in some production, but again, Thielen's there. Jefferson's there. Dalvin Cook is there. Kyle Rudolph is there. So he, you know, obviously, if he's sharing all those all those balls with all these guys, you know, maybe something to keep an eye on. If there's someone gets injured, perhaps uh, we'll have to wait and see. What, what do you think? Yeah, the only thing that I'm kind of wondering about, yeah, he's he's way back in in line. Yeah. His numbers, his his numbers and Kyle Rudolph's numbers were almost identical last year. So yeah. I just yeah. I I don't I, I'm. I'm probably staying away, especially considering the fact that the the Vikings were really run heavy last year. Mm. So they really focused on the run ahead. And uh, the other thing about it, you know, he's an Alabama guy. O.J. Howard, we're still waiting for him. <laughs> also, to, he was also an Alabama guy. Yeah. We'll, have wait, we'll have to wait and see what TB12 jumps in there. He loves throwing a tight end. So Yeah, that's we'll gonna, see if it will be interesting. We'll see if he unlocks him, but yeah, I'm sitting there like, yeah, the Alabama tight ends are kind of getting their reputation hurt. Not un- uh-huh. unlike the unlike the running backs. So right, right, the running backs are okay. But uh, I got the next guy, Jay Sternberger. Uh, he had numbers during the season like uh, Blutarski on Animal House, zero point <laughs> zero. He had one target. The entire season, he played only six games, but all of a sudden, he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of heat. He caught three balls in the playoffs for 15 yards and a touchdown, but he's getting you know because uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers said a few nice things about him in his one and only you know Zoom call about the uh, about that. And yes, Jimmy Graham left. Yes, Jay Cremero left. So he's unopposed. I'm. I, 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 he's a guy I'm going to keep an eye on because I do think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be, is going to be good this year. And I think they're going to start there. There's a competition for that number two target behind Devonte Adams. The, the receivers will definitely be one, but 
maybe there's going to be some balls for Jay Sternberger down the middle that 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 could be uh, opening up. He's going tight end 26 in the 18th round. So in redraft leagues, he's more than likely he's going to be undrafted. So may, you know maybe somebody takes a flyer on him during the you know during the season in tight end leagues, especially tight end priority leagues uh, as a second tight end. Sure. But, um, I, I'm, I, he's a guy I want to keep an eye on. I usually keep an eye on the Packers because I do, I, I do think Aaron Rodgers has a way of, un, uh, unleashing guys, even though he hasn't had the greatest history with tight ends, but he does seem to use them at the biggest moments. Right. And that, and that's a, that's a valid point. I, and I, and I thought about that earlier, you know, we're talking about tight ends and you know, you, you want to focus on tight ends and you want to target tight ends on your team. Where, where your quarterbacks have a history of kind of leaning on tight end, you know? So, you know, if, if, if like you said, if Aaron Rodgers hasn't necessarily been that guy that leans on tight ends, you know, then, then you know, you know def- definitely someone to temper your expectation on. You know, um, yeah, we've talked about it before, that, that, that play, you know, when, when, the, when the Packers are there, you know, on, on the five-yard line, you know that over-the-shoulder corner route to Devontae Adams is coming. And it's what that means is it's not going to the tight end, you know, so, so, you know what I mean? So in that, in that case, you know, we, we've seen, we've seen that year over year over year that, that Aaron Rodgers loves his receivers, you know, quick, quick moves and quick over the shoulder throws in the, in the end zone. So yeah, uh, like you said, a guy to keep an eye on, but I'm not a fan of tight ends on the, uh, on the Packers. Um, So uh, I'll have to just wait and see, maybe keep an eye and see if anything changes this year but um you know i'll I'll, uh, I'll uh i'll have to just wait and see uh, i'm not i'm not really taking a look at uh mr sternberger this year so we'll see not yet you keeping an eye on not, the next guy yet. dawson knox uh i keep an eye on everybody uh on the on the buffalo hashtag Bills research. Hashtag <laughs> research. research my man josh allen uh, i'm a i'm on i got my ticket on the hype train uh this guy's for real josh allen and i think anybody uh, on the Buffalo Bills offense is definitely worth a look. Uh, he's currently going undrafted uh, in in, uh, in in a mock drafts right now. So, but again, he's he's he was fourth on the team in catches last year, one behind Mr. Devin Singletary, the running back. But now they're adding another weapon in the Mr. Stephon Diggs, and you know you know that Josh Allen is just going to go nuts because <laughs> Stephon Diggs is just a beast. You know he's going to catch. He's going to catch. You know, you're gonna, he's going to feed the beast, and he's going to be rewarded big time. So I, I don't know. So we have uh, we have Dawson Knox uh, over there as tight end. Let's see who's the other who's the other tight end that they have over there. There's uh, Tyler Croft is the other tight end over there in Buffalo. So. Um, He's just a guy. He's yeah, just he's just 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 a guy. <laughs> I'm just a girl. He's just a guy um, over there in Buffalo. So yeah, I I think Stefan is going to take the brunt. It doesn't matter who's guarding Stefan Diggs. The guy, you know, he's one of those elite receivers. That doesn't matter who you throw on him. You throw your best guy on Stefan Diggs. He's going to get his targets. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his yards. So we'll have to wait and see. I I don't, I don't see too much. I don't know what. Um, what Josh Allen did last year? Who was the Who was their tight end uh, last year? Was he was yeah he was he was a starting was tight end. He was he was the top back. Yeah, okay, it was Knox. Okay, so I mean we didn't see too much out of him last year, uh, and obviously he's not he's not uh, impressing, you know, in 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 mock drafts at this point. But again, he's on the Bills, so something something to keep an eye on. If it's, you know second year breakouts, we talk about second year breakouts all the time. So this could be one of those guys again if. If you're on a high-powered offense, you never know at any given moment 
uh, Dawson Knox and Josh Allen could develop, you know, a connection. You know, maybe Stefan's getting double teamed and Dawson's over there wide open over the middle for some big plays. Something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, the one thing is uh, I'm looking at the the throws that Dawson Knox are, is going to get, those little the, those ones that uh, kind of go to over the middle. Mm-hmm. I feel like Cole Beasley is going to be the guy who gets, who gets a lot That's, of those. He, he's the over-the-middle guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like you're, you're, I think John Brown's, John Brown's uh, receptions are going to come down a little bit because you got to feed Stephon Diggs, and that's over 100 targets to Stephon Diggs. I I just I don't know I, I keep looking at it and it's like I keep trying to think of a way to get fifth, more than fifty uh, uh, reception uh, targets from Do- right. to Dawson Knox and right. I, I I it's it's hard to even add like ten or twenty of them because you're adding in a guy getting over a hundred reception a uh, hundred targets so. I, I'm. I think there's a reason why he's going undrafted. He's definitely a guy to look at for streaming, or if because uh, obviously tight end, the tight end position, there's so much attrition to it. So there's always going to be injuries. Uh, right. Hopefully, just hopefully it's not to any of the big guys. <laughs> right. For those, who, no. for those who draft those guys. So. No, and uh, like you said, you got Diggs, you got Brown, you got Beasley, the over the middle guy. So yeah, there may not be there. There may be just there may just be scraps for Mr. Knox there. So we'll we'll, we'll see. So now we're going to go to the 2018 guys, uh, the top draft pick from that year, and he's a guy who's getting a little bit of buzz lately on uh, on uh, in in the uh, media and some of the chatter on on uh, fantasy football podcast. Hayden Hurst, he got traded from Baltimore to Atlanta uh, uh, recently, and for a second round pick, fourth round pick went back uh, to Baltimore. He Ooh. was actually picked ahead of Mark Andrews. Who broke out? So all of a sudden he became, you know, he, he became expendable. Uh, Hayden Hurst yep, did. Yep. Yep. So uh, and he goes to that. He's going to the Falcons, and I guess in the early workouts, all of a sudden Matt Ryan, Mateo Yellow, he's <laughs> already he he's said that Hayden Hurst is the fat maybe the fastest tight end that he's ever played with. So Ooh. that. That that definitely has, uh, you know, it perks up everybody's ears, and that's why all of a sudden I think his ADP is going up to tight end thirteen, and in the ninth round, uh, the the Falcons do like to throw to the tight end. Uh, yes, and and uh, their defense is not going to be good. Matt, uh, Ryan is going to throw a lot, and uh, obviously a lot number one target always, uh, you know, will be Julio Jones. Number two is Calvin Ridley, who's getting a lot of hype around him. Yeah, uh, he is. I like Calvin Ridley a lot. Yep. Hurst, Hurst, if he's if he's good, he may be in there in competition with Todd Gurley for like being the number three in targets this year because Gurley is going to be the, the he's he's going to be the guy. So I'm looking at him and at Hurst. And I'm kind of like maybe keep an eye on this guy. And and obviously he's going into that third year that you that you're hoping for the 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 breakout at that the point. breakout. No, yeah, and you know Austin Hooper, he, he was he was the tight end last year, right on the on the on the Falcons. Yes, and he got a lot of love. I mean, big year. Like like I said, like I said earlier, you know, if you're if you want to fill out your roster, with, if you need to put a tight end on your roster on your squad, you know, look for those quarterbacks that lean on their tight ends that have a history of finding the tight end. And Matt Ryan's one of those guys. Matty Ice, he's. Yes, he hits Julio Jones. Yes, he. But I think at the same time, wasn't wasn't Julio Jones? Uh, you know, a year or two, or last year or the year before that, where it took him like maybe week ten or eleven to get his first touchdown or something like that. 
I think it was two years ago. Yeah, yeah a couple of years back. So, but but even then, you know, Matt Ryan, he finds his tight end. So yep. I, I don't see any I don't see any change there. He is it's a position that he leans on. He likes the size. He throws to you know he throws those jump balls, whereas only his tight end can catch it. So I think we'll see that again. I think Hayden Hurst, you know, I, I think uh, that's the reason that his, his his stock is going up. Is that you know there people are saying you know what this is a guy that's just going to come in and just plug and play for uh, where where Austin Hooper was uh, last year, and there's no reason why that production won't just transfer over from whatever Austin Hooper did to what Hayden Hurst can do. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, he's TE13, but there 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 wouldn't be too wouldn't be too much reason not to think that he'd be going you know, in the top 12. And as much as Matty Ice slings it, you know, he may end up the year as a, being a top 10 tight end. I, I think so. And and one thing that I was looking at when you mentioned Austin Hooper, he had 97 targets last year. So yeah. that's that's great for a tight end. So right. that, and that's Matt, that, that's all Matty Ice. That's all Matty Ice looking for, looking for this tight end. So yeah. Hayden Hurst will fill in, you know, he'll just fill in there, uh, I think, very nicely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And next guy, Mike Gesicki. Miami Dolphins. Ooh, any, like any, anytime, anytime you're paired up with Fitzmagic, <laughs> because here's the thing: I, I think Fitzmagic doesn't, he just doesn't get the credit. He's like Rodney Dangerfield. I, I just think uh, he doesn't get the respect. I think, you know, people talk about Fitzmagic. Oh, he's old, and oh, you know, he's kind of done, and he's just kind of like the, he's just a fill-in. He's like the substitute teacher on the team. But the guy does. He can really, he can, he can put up numbers. And Mike Gesicki, third year. Um, he's currently going TE14 in the 11th round, 6'6", 250 pounds. This guy is just huge. <laughs> I mean, yep. you know, of all the, of all the cute, of all the titans we talked about, you know, Hawkinson's 6'5", uh, Gesicki's coming in, you know, Dawson Knox 6'4", Gesicki's at 6'6". So, I mean, I, I, I like him, you know, I think, uh, championship week, I think he went, uh, what, six catches, 82 yards, two TDs. Yeah, he <laughs> so, helped me on a championship league. There, yeah. there you go. There you go. League. So, you know, he ended the year hot. His last five games is when he scored all his TDs. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I like Fitzmagic. Um, we'll have to wait and see, you know, how, how you know how it comes out for the, for the coming season. Uh, but, again, I think he just doesn't get enough respect. He's, he's generally down. He's generally down on an ADP. He doesn't get a lot of respect. Again, he's playing on the Dolphins, though, too. So, you know, he's got Devontae Parker, Alan Hearns. You know, he he, tip, he typically hasn't really had a superstar receiving core, but he does pretty well with, with the tools that he has. So, Gesicki, like you said, I think you said yeah, yeah, that you like him a lot. Um, I'll keep an eye on him for sure. TE14, definitely got to keep an eye on. Yeah, I have him number eight in my rankings. So nice. I'm, I, I, I think I'm a big believer. I, he's athletic, he's a great, he's a great pass catcher. Definitely took a big step forward in the last, uh, last part of the season, mm-hmm. and so I think he's gonna, I think he's just gonna carry that over into the next game, uh, in the next season. So yeah, I, I think he, he's definitely one of my sleeper picks. If I could get him as my tight end one, uh, in the eleventh round, sign me up. Damelo, damelo, yeah, it's meal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if Fitz Magic slings it, I mean, there's been some, there's been some games. What three touchdown, four touchdown oh, games? Yeah, four hundred right? yards. And, and, yeah, people don't. Yep. Yeah, he, this the guy he just throws for just like monster numbers. Once, yes, the, then he has a game where he craps the bed. Sure, but yeah, he has he has enough breakout games to say, wait a minute, you know what, Fitz Magic, like your second quarterback on your team, you know, definitely a guy to stash away because at any given time, Fitz Magic 
can work his magic. And if you got Gesicki, yeah, good things can definitely happen. And one thing to keep in mind is, you know, if they do the do the transition over to uh, Tua, the mm-hmm. young quarterbacks typically like to throw to their tight ends. So that's why right. I'm kind of that's why I have dump so off. High. Yeah, safety valve that's for sure. So yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So the next guy is Ian Thomas, and I'm going to give a little for you know I've I've got heart pitter patters for this guy because he helped me <laughs> win he helped me win a championship. I had my nice. tight end get I, t- I had my tight end get hurt in right before the semifinals, and it was right at the point that Greg Olson had gotten declared out for the season, and it was just like well let's grab this Ian Thomas guy, and and uh, he was great. He scored touchdowns the last two weeks of the season, got a touchdown, nice. got a touchdown in championship week, and we pulled off a pulled off a big win uh yeah i think and i think the fact that that's kind of juxtaposition kind of uh from that part of the you know him him taking over for greg olson and coming up big i think the fact that he's going into the new season greg olson has obviously moved on to seattle so he's Mm -hmm. the number one he's the number one tight end and I, I think he's going into a great situation. Obviously, you know, I, I don't have to tell you, you're the, you know, you're, you're the, the president of uh, the Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater Marching, fan club. Yeah. That's, that's Marching right. Chowder Society. Sign up, sign up. That's right. Sign up for it. <laughs> so he's, I, I think he's going to be the tight end. He's the number one tight end on that team. They're going to throw the ball. I think they're going to throw the ball a bunch. Obviously he's, he's behind uh, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey for, for receptions, maybe even Robbie Anderson, but I think he's going to get his fair, fair share. I think he's a guy who's going to rise up. Uh, he, he, he'll surprise some people either in best ball leagues or in uh, uh you know, be, be that waiver wire fine that kind of helps you later in the season. So, you know, I think we've been for the last few years, we've been kind of poo-pooing the, uh, the tight end position. Uh, and that, but I think it's becoming stronger and, and, uh, more filled out than it has in a long time. So, uh, and I think Ian Thomas is one of those guys. He's going to be a deep sleeper for a lot of times. No, no for sure. And I, and I think, I think to your point, you know, if you just look, you know, we've talked about these guys who are 6'5", 247, and 6'4", 251, and, you know, Evan Ingram, you know, at his workout uh, video, you know, on Twitter. The, the way that these guys prepare, the way that these tight ends are now getting ready and are the things that they're able to do, they're, they're, they're 40 times, and their their ability to just leap and just – and they're, they're, these guys are just – you know, they're just beasts. You know, I, I think – wasn't it Kittle that's – you know the, the 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 contract that he wanted to structure with the Niners, and you know, was like, you know, what, I'm not a tight end. You know, I don't want a tight end deal. I want a wide receiver deal, or yep. just give me give me something. Or Jimmy Graham, a couple of years back with the Saints, like, no, I don't don't, don't give me a don't pigeonhole me in as a tight end because I'm so much more than that. And that was even a couple of years ago. So we're seeing kind of this like evolution of the tight end position where before it was just like a bulky dude who can kind of stumble out there and you know and catch a ball just because he's so huge. These guys are just like they're they're like they're like Megatron, but like bigger and like just as fast. So absolutely, and, and like you said, I'm a huge fan of the Carolina Panthers offense. Teddy Bridgewater fan club. I'm the president. Um, you know, I'm not only a president, but I'm a member or however that <laughs> saying goes. I'm not, I'm not only a member, but I'm also the president. You know, whatever that is of the of the Teddy B fan club. I love the Carolina Panthers offense. I want to get as many pieces of it as I possibly can. 
Um, I didn't even realize that you know you're, you're mentioning him that he that he scored a couple TDs at the end of last season. So I definitely got my eye on him now. <laughs> well, this was the end of 2018, his I, rookie I, year. Right. Oh, in the end of 2018 is when he had the touchdowns, or in the last year? No, last oh, year. Oh, oh, that's, Greg Olson kind of kept the job most of the gotcha. season. Gotcha. So so a couple years ago is when he kind of he kind of showed flashes. You want to you yep. you won your championship back then. Gotcha. So that just goes to show that the guy has some talent. Now that Greg Olson's gone and that he's becoming that guy. Now we're going to see some big things. Yeah, I, I'm just – I can't wait to see the Panthers' offense. I'm tentatively scheduled to go to Vegas still, 10, 11, 12 of July. We'll see if, you know, COVID, whatever. But I'm putting my money on the over on the five and a half uh, on the on wins for the Carolina Panthers. I don't get it why it's so low. They're crazy. But yeah. I, I love the offense. Yeah, looking forward to, to watch Ian Thomas, and I'll definitely keep my eye on him. But – I just love that offense overall. Yeah, the, the 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 sharps they get they get their bets in early, so you're being you're you're getting your bet in early with those guys. Yes, putting it out there for everybody. <laughs> Five and a half. I, t- Christian McCaffrey's going to win four games by himself, just by yep. having like a three TD or two TD and like hundred yards receiving, hundred yards rushing. You know that, that it's I don't get it. Whatever. That, and Teddy Teddy B will win the other two games. Yeah, Teddy B. Yeah, at least. At least, maybe they may even make a playoff run. But you know, people are gonna think I'm crazy, probably for saying that. But that's that's where I'm at. That's I mean, but hey, whatever. That's that, that's my call. So I don't know about the playoff the run, but they're gonna be they're gonna be one of the funnest teams to watch because they're. Yes. I don't I don't know how good their defense is gonna be, but they're gonna be they're gonna score yeah, a lot of points. Shootouts, you know, you know some you know some bombs, you know Teddy B being you know being the as sharp as he is back there. Again, he learned under Drew Brees last year. He won five games in a row, including one at Seattle. That's what I'm banking on. So talking about f- teams that are fun to watch, and now we're talking about teams that may not be fun to watch, the New York <laughs> Jets. Chris Herndon. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Chris Herndon. Um, currently going in the 16th round. Uh, he's tied end 23. He was drafted back in 2018, fourth round, 107th uh, overall pick. I'm just uh, – uh, you know, the more I think about the, the Jets' offense and – you know what we've been reading recently. If you've if you've been following the NFL, you've been hearing you know just kind of like you know there's rumors and whispers about how the 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 locker room is just kind of mutiny against Adam Gase that he's uh, that he's that he's not a leader and that he doesn't know how to speak to his team and you know and Sam Darnold might be like the only guy that's listening to him and that Adam Gase might be a glorified quarterback coach but that's it so i i you know chris hernan is there he's he's ready to catch you know that you know the guy can can certainly play he's 6'4 253 i just don't know what to expect from the jets offense this year i'm I'm definitely staying away completely uh even though as a rookie he went you know he had four tds uh he, he had 39 catches uh 502 yards but uh, again, I just I just don't have a lot of trust at all in the Jets team overall. I think when I'm on my trip to Vegas, I'm just going to take the under of what, whatever it is, because from what I'm hearing is just that the Jets are just kind of like a like like a dumpster fire of a team right now. And uh, I feel bad, you know, for Chris Herndon, you know, being you know ready to, to 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 make his move and kind of blow up, you know, coming off you know coming into his third year as tight end. But we'll have to wait and see. But you know, have you heard the same thing, George, about you know the, the Jets kind of overall just being just kind of this kind of like the kind of like a big mess? 
you know they they just there were there just seemed to be so much off about them. The, yeah, uh, Sam Darnold. I, I really expected a lot of uh, him to take that year or two jump, and obviously the mono kind of took care of that. Right. But I look at him and I'm kind of like, uh, he gives me hope because I do think he is super talented, and I think he's I think he's going to eventually be a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's going to be uh, the if he's got the right coach because Adam Gaze the the thing about him he has only succeeded when uh, Peyton Manning has been his quarterback you know, like the <laughs> last ten years it's and like so Bill Jackson only won when he had Jordan and Kobe <laughs> yeah so you sit there and it's just like uh, you know what is you know what what is yeah, an adam really gase cool. offense so right. that that just has me worried about him as a play caller and uh so i think that uh that kind of hurts their their the overall talent of their team the one thing about that i think is in favor of herndon is the fact that there's not a lot of talent on the wide receivers there's jameson crowder who's great at at, at being a slot guy which kind of mm-hmm. takes away some catches from herndon right. but you know, the the outside receivers are all young and unproven. So that has me thinking, and the fact that, that Sam Darnold is a young quarterback, it has me thinking there could be some balls coming Herndon's way this year. Right. So that, to me, has me kind of uh, look, look, you know, maybe keeping an eye on him a little bit. You know, tight end 23, obviously, is... Uh, is very way low. down, so, way down the list. <laughs> so he's not going to get drafted in. He's not going to get drafted in a lot of redraft leagues. He'll uh, he'll be that guy on the waiver wire that you just kind of keep an eye on, and you maybe mm-hmm. you pick up early in the season. Yeah, if, if the Jets go off, you, know, you never yeah. know. If the, if the Jets happen to you know you know put it all together and start going bananas, you know I think his stock might definitely climb up for sure. Oh, yeah, like I said, wait and see. And the other thing, like Levy and Bell did you know, as for. Uh, kind of a season that he had last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. He still did catch sixty-six balls, so he's he's still a weapon out of the backfield, and those uh, those are the kind of balls that a tight end a lot of times catches. So mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of like he's a, Herndon is a guy that I'm keeping an eye on, and and it it really is amazing. You were talking about uh, the the tight ends earlier. And you know, just kind of what freak shows these guys are. The, yeah. Uh, the monstros, they yeah. they really are. I mean, you sit there and you think about the greatest athletes who are on who are on the field. A lot of times, they people say the DBs or maybe the wide receivers. I think the tight ends are right there up with those guys because of the fact that they're so big and they have to be so physical on the offensive line blocking, and also you know they're they're not going up against a, uh, a defensive back. They're going up against linebackers. They're going up against uh, the uh, they they're going up against safeties and these are big big bad men these are hombres that are going after them no and, yeah and, and a lot of times they have to help out with the uh uh you know blocking the defensive ends. so that's why i'm like hey you know what hopefully some of these guys break out uh maybe you know two or three guys two three four of these guys break out get into the top 10 and and help the teams hopefully this year two and for today year three series kind of helped everybody no, well, yeah, talk, talking about physical specimens, you know, people talk about LeBron James as just being like the, the, the greatest physical specimen that maybe has ever played in the NBA. And and they were talking to him, you know, years back about, you know, Whoa, oh, man, what, what will LeBron James be? You know, what would you if you were ever to play in the NFL, you know, like, you know, where would you be at? And, you know, and every everything led to he would be a tight end. Yeah. Uh, you know, as big as he is, as fast as he is, as athletic as he is. Oh. 
And it stands to reason. You had Jimmy Graham playing basketball in college. You had Tony Gonzalez playing at Cal. Yeah, and don't forget Antonio Gates. Big bodies that can jump, jump high. There you go, Antonio Gates, Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Famer, future future Hall of Famer, Antonio Gates. These guys that played basketball that were super athletic, that can jump out of the gym, great hands, great speed. The super athletic ability, and these all all those guys became tight ends. So yeah, tight end position is definitely one where these guys are big, these guys are fast, these guys you know are very athletic, and yeah, definitely can't wait to see you know what these guys can do the, uh, the next season. Oh, awesome! Bueno, everybody, eso es todo for our show. Uh, thanks again, Anchor.fm for being our hosting network and making sure our independent podcast gets out to the Familia community. Uh, please subscribe, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, Google, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, remember, everybody, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Familia FFB and also our Familia FFB Facebook page. Everybody, you know, stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful Fourth of July weekend. Cuatro de Julio. I like it better that way. Uh, otra vez, gracias. And remember, todos somos familia. See you later, guys. Happy Fourth of July and salute.